Welcome to the Health Revolution on an Informed Life Radio, 1150 AM KKNW, out in the great state of Washington, and streaming live to CHD TV, which goes all over the world, which is absolutely fabulous. So glad that you could join us here today. I am your host, Bernadette Pager. We might have a co-host pop in later. We'll see if if one of my uh, wonderful co-hosts is ever to join us. But you know, we have got a full house today. A um, couple things to, to get out of the way. Um, I got to say that the views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of our wonderful free speech platform, KKNW, um, or CHDTV. We um, and our guests are just here to have a conversation, to give you information. We want you to take that information, um, do further exploring, and do what you can to live an informed life and to create for yourselves and your loved ones and your community uh, a place within which you can continue to make medical freedom choices and um, that truth will prevail. So um, today we've got, we're bringing back two people who've been on before to vaccine injured individuals. And we're also gonna be bringing on somebody that I've never interviewed before, who is also vaccine injured as as well as her family. I mean, you know, I guess at at times there are, um, I think there's genetic susceptibility to injury, environmental susceptibility to injury. And we know that there's um, batch lots that were, that were hot. And so some people, you know, in spots were all exposed to uh, extremely bad batches, although the whole technology needs to be taken down. The science is there, as you likely have heard us talk about before when we've interviewed a lot of people. We're also bringing on today a, a physician's assistant who uh, stood in his truth, did his best to protect um, patients. Um, and for that, his license uh, was removed. And this was out in the state of Washington, although everything that he stood for has now been fully vindicated. So um, why I'm, I'm excited about these next two hours. I'm going to be bringing folks on, reintroducing their stories, because it gives you sort of the whole dynamic of, um, of what happened during COVID as far as informed consent um, and then the, the the attempt to squelch informed consent and how it impacted so many people, in, um, both patients and physicians, okay? So, but this is gonna be end on good news because these people are on fire. I was gonna pull up and I completely forgot to do it, the hero's journey. Um, years ago when I was in college, you know, I studied like Joseph Campbell and and a lot of the ideas that mankind have always had about the hero's journey. And most amazing heroes were reluctant. They did not decide, I wanna be a hero because I wanna wear a cape and I want people to admire me. Most heroes in this real world 
and even the ones that are a lot of times that are in fiction that that you really adore the most they're the ones who are reluctant they went into it not because they wanted to be a hero but because they saw something that was that they wanted badly enough in order usually to protect others that they were willing to stand up and take the arrows and and um, and try to make things better, and they they saw that the sacrifice was was worth it, and that's who this wonderful group of people are to me and to so many others. They are heroes, um, and and within this hero's journey that they've been on, they have found each other, and you know a lot of us have lost friends over disagreement in the approach to COVID, but we've also forged the most amazing, strong friendships that will last the, the rest of our lifetimes. So, so with that, I'm going to bring on the woman who started today's show. Um, I mean, the, the theme, I'm going to bring on Kat Parker because it was Kat and I who were in a Zoom conversation. She's so wonderful. Hey, Kat. Hi, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Um, So, you know, I want to thank you for your work that you do, where you continue to outreach all the people impacted in this movement. Um, And it's it's through you that I've met so many people that are doing great things and that need our prayers and they need our resources. So, Kat, let's back up a bit. We couldn't do this. (laughs) I have a voice. So you are as equally as amazing as anyone that I or myself come in contact with or, or bring on. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. I feel like I, I, it's the least I can do is to be a loud mouth and I've learned to be a good loud mouth. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kat, remind people have seen you in many places and you've been on the show before, but give us a little brief overview of, of your experience. So we know what brought you into this journey. Oh, wow. It feels like it's been forever now. I, um, I, I don't think I remember my life before mm. all of this transpired. Um, my journey started April of 2021 when I was required to take the uh, COVID shot to keep my job. Um, I took J&J at that time. Um, when I went in, I didn't know it was Jensen. Oh, I didn't know it was J&J. Mm-hmm. It, the science of Jensen. Um, and I asked my doctor at that time, would it be something that I needed to take? Would it be okay? Would it be safe? And he said, safe and effective. That's that word we hear over and over again. Um, started having, you know, uh, chronic fatigue and insomnia had sleep studies done. And, um, they just thought that maybe I had a, an iron deficiency or an adrenal deficiency or something was going on other than the COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time that uh, I think it was November rolled around, I had been laid off. So I had to get another job. And that job said, hey, in order for you to travel, you have to take the booster. Mm-hmm. Um, I again asked my doctor, is this something I should do? And they're safe and effective. So I wound up taking the Pfizer booster around uh, November, I think it was the uh, First of the 11th. I can't remember now. And uh, two weeks after that, my hair started falling out. And the wave of just insane side effects just poured in. Mm-hmm. And I think at this moment now, I am up to 38 or 39 side effects. 
Um, oh, good heavens. Including Parkinson's or pseudo-Parkinsonism is what they call it. Mm. Addison's disease, Bichette's disease, adrenal insufficiency, which of course is Addison's, uh, memory loss, brain mm -hmm. fog. Um, uh, I have Clebesia pneumoniae and Staphylococcus in my kidneys. I have hepatitis in my blood now. Mm. Um, I have microclots that have been confirmed by Dr. Vaughn in Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, my teeth are cracking and falling out. I pass blood clots and bleeding every day. Wow. Um, obscene bar virus. Um, my God, the amount of side effects. I can't remember everything. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Um, I, the, the biggest thing that happens with me is I fall over first thing in the mornings. I can't communicate. Um, I'm in a daze. I, um, I look like I'm drunk. Mm -hmm. And um, it depends on the day when I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm okay and I can do semi-normal things or like today, uh, when I got up this morning, I was falling over and just couldn't stand up. And I... Um, I, I started getting sick again. So when mm -hmm. my immune system level tanks, I start, the bichette comes back. So the holes in my tongue, the lesions, the sore throat, the, the just uh, overwhelming mm -hmm. um, sickness that I just, I felt so like, I, I felt like death is upon my back at all times. Wow. And um, okay. I know at that time when, I kept getting gaslit by my doctors. It's not the shot. It's not the shot. I was so desperate to find help that I said, well, if I'm that desperate and I'm not really a desperate person, then there's got to be other people out there that are hurting just as bad as I am. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to one reach those people for myself to get help, but also for them to get help. So I would join these groups and it was so much doom and gloom and then I was like, oh, my Lord, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do the doom and gloom thing. Um, so I created my own. Mm -hmm. And to this day, we're at 4,500 people, and it just keeps growing. And um, this is where I've met all these wonderful people that I now consider mm -hmm. my family. Wow. Not just friends, but my family. Mm -hmm. Because we are a full community of people from all walks of life, color, creed, religion, parts of the world. Um, political backgrounds, everything. Mm -hmm. And um, we, yeah. it's the sick taking care of the sick. Yeah. But we have people like Scott Miller and Dr. Bain and Kimberly mm -hmm. Overton and all of those people that are, are truly, uh, they're saviors to us because they are really working hard to find a cure. Yeah. To help us. They don't gaslight us. They actually yeah. help and listen. The, so, the emotional, um, healing or just ability to sustain what is so difficult to be in because you're believed because somebody understands and has accepted, you know, I think I, that's like that emotional lifeline. It's not the cure, but just to be understood and believed is huge at gaslighting. You know, I've been in um, the whole vaccine safety reform, medical freedom movement for years prior to COVID. And one of the hardest things for it was mostly care, kids being injured mm -hmm. prior to COVID, but 
is the gaslighting and devastation of the parents not being being believed and being ostracized by everybody because of it this. So ungodly um, to to say to someone, "I am sick," after taking a shot that yeah was never tested on COVID was a uh, I'm going to say it by a weapon by all definition by all definitions owned yeah. by the Department of Defense. And if you look at the definition of what they've done. And who owns it? It is exactly the definition. Exactly. Um, I used to work for the government. I was a yeah. cop. I trusted the government. I don't trust them anymore. Mm -hmm. Not after what they've done to us and how the continued, they call us misinformation, right. the disinformation, grifters, liars. All we want to see is heard and get the help we need. They could not have done this if informed consent existed and if every person along the way right. had a sense of responsibility for their actions. If you knew, um, it, it used to be years ago in Russia, the Soviet Union, before they opened, before the Iron Curtain kind of fell, they made their own vaccines. And, right. you know, they didn't use the same adjuvants that the West used. They were different. And doctors were held personally responsible for adverse reactions. And so they were really careful what they administered to children. They were required to administer them, but they could slow them down or space them out or say, this child is not doing well. Because if that child was harmed by the vaccines, the doctor was held responsible. But then the Iron Curtain fell and they just then they just started buying the West's vaccines with the West adjuvants and everything. And they adopted the model of, oh, you know, nobody's responsible. And the injuries that, you know, they had some injuries then, but the injuries really began. Um, and so you take away responsibility. Humans do not be behave well in this. That If that is one thing that our nation, that the world has learned about pharmaceutical products is you cannot take away responsibility. Or well, if you look happens. at informed consent, it stops. It, it absolutely stops, it stops and goes nowhere. Goes nowhere. There's no responsibility after that. Yeah. Yeah. We, a nurse and I were looking at informed consent. She um, volunteers with former Feds Group, which is another one of the organizations that I volunteer with. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked to see that informed consent just stopped. There was nobody responsible after that. Yeah. You know, if you don't give it, then what happens? Nothing. Nothing. And you're just left all. on your own. And that's going to be the next part of our conversation. So I'm going to put you back room and I'm going to bring on uh, another individual. Um, I'm going to bring on Danielle Baker. Um, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. It's good to see you. I've now met you in person because <laughs> and Kat, too. Um, got to see you at some events. Um, so like with Kat, could you um, give how are you doing today? I mean, I know sometimes it's challenging for you to speak. You're doing okay? Today is a good day for me. I um, have recently developed some problems with my heart that I'm mm. dealing with. So another gift from the injury. And, you know, mm. they, they keep coming, but it's a good day today. I'm, I'm glad um, that it is a good day today. So um, please tell our listeners a little bit of your backstory and your injury story. Oh, I would love to. And um, thank you so much for having us on, um, having the opportunity and, and the platform to be able to talk 
uh, about what is is happening to us. It, it just it, it means the world. So thank you. Um, so I was a, a nurse for hospice uh, for seven years and I worked in the hospital systems before that. Um, I worked throughout uh, the pandemic for lack of a better word. Um, worked front line and took care of our, our hospice and palliative care patients during that time. I contracted COVID in 2020 in December and developed my own immunity. I had no desire to get the shot from the very beginning. Um, I just felt that it was too rushed in my rudimentary knowledge of how medications are, are passed through the FDA. Mm -hmm. um, just didn't sit well with me how quickly this passed through. Yeah. In the um, spring of 2021, um, as uh, they did uh, around the country, um, they started to mandate uh, the shots for healthcare workers, frontline workers, and um, mm -hmm. my company um, first issued an email mail stating that if we didn't have the shot by uh, July of 2021, they would take away uh, the benefit uh, that was provided uh, through the CARES Act that would cover um, us if we had issues because of catching COVID, uh, because of the vaccine or anything COVID related. So um, I, I just, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but I hadn't heard it worded quite that way. That is really concerning. So the CARES Act told your employer, even though some of you might've had natural immunity, if you did not get the shot, they weren't going to get any benefits. And if you got sick or anything happened, they were going to be financially on the hook. So they felt they had to compel you to get vaccinated so that they could get the protection of the CARES Act. And actually, the CARES Act is, is what established the fund that employers could access mm -hmm. um, to uh, help pay employees that um, had issues because of uh, COVID. My employer, Ohio's Hospice, took it upon themselves to say that the vaccine is widely uh, available. And if you don't have it, we're not going to give you this money and this coverage that oh. made available. Okay. So it, it wasn't the, the, the CARES Act that did, did it was actually my employer yep. that said, if you don't get the shot, we're taking this benefit from you. And so that you, you reveal right there, another major, um, problem that needs to be addressed and made so it can't happen again. No employer should have the ability to threaten you if you don't get any medical intervention. I don't care what it is or how long it existed, let alone being emergency use authorized. 
and it's illegal to mandate it. Um, yeah. So I'm so sorry you experienced that, but thank you so much for, for sharing your story. So you wanted to keep your job, which you loved. And I know I could tell with your heart that at the end of someone's life, the sort of care that you likely gave when my mama passed away in 2019, we had hospice come in. They were angels. They were the most wonderful individuals. So I know that you surely loved your job um, and you wanted to stay with it to help people at the end of their life. Yeah, I, I cannot express how much I loved it. It mm-hmm. was um, it was my passion, and um, we also uh, were in New Inundated with emails and the narrative, and um, they started uh, weekly drawings offering $5,000, weekly drawings up to $20,000. They segregated the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And we also knew uh, that the mandate for us was coming. It it was coming and it would be in August of 2021. Mm -hmm. So um, my husband and I discussed it and um, because um, I felt like there was a safety net at that time, I went forward with uh, getting the shot and um, it devastated me. Um, mm-hmm. The shot caused my body to attack my spinal cord and um, it attacked to three C three through C seven and um, ultimately among a whole host of other things, I was diagnosed with the transverse of myelitis, which mm-hmm. is very uh, similar um, sisters to um, MS ALS type diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, I am rendered a permanently disabled uh, because of it. Yeah, I'm so sorry, my dear, but thank you for being brave and bringing us your story. And I know there's more to tell, but I'm going to, um, we're going to move on and bring on the next vaccine injured person. We've got Colleen Brands. Um, uh, Colleen, are you up in Canada? Is that where I saw you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, the only place more crazy than the United States right now, I think, is Canada. I don't know. Maybe it's a tie with Australia, but <laughs> it's, it's right up there. It's it's totally not the country I grew up in. That's for sure. No. Um, you know, in many ways, this is a little bit me, Bernadette Squirrel in here. But, you know, some of the things that I, I saw happen all through COVID was that, you know, relatively, United States is fairly young, a couple hundred years compared to like the history of Germany and France and so many other countries that have seen revolutions and tyrants and different forms of government. And Canada, too, has not doesn't have a really long history and, you know, no invasions, no big wars on their land, on their soil as we have. And so I think that in both countries, there was a whole lot of complacency going on, feeling like, hey, we're free, you know, and we're better than other people. And that's not going to happen to us sort of thing. And we 
generation after generation spent less and less time figuring out what it meant to actually live in a free nation and how to protect those freedoms. And then, so we were that slow, that frog slowly boiling until COVID hit. And then all of a sudden they turned the, the water up so high, everybody goes, what the heck? Um, so, but Canada was one of the first to like the people mobilize that truck rally brilliant. I mean, we could, you know, America tried to imitate it and couldn't it fizzled out, you know, I mean, no offense to the people who tried bless them for trying, but Canada did it. <laughs> they did that huge rally. Yeah, pretty um, incredible. yeah. Pretty incredible. So, so Colleen, tell us um, a little bit about yourself and, and, and your vaccine injury story. I'm much like Kat. Um, and I was a registered nurse for 28 years worked um, hospitals, community, palliative care, clinics. And um, and then in 2021, February, I was diagnosed with a rare um, T-cell lymphoma. Um, shortly after that, the Vax rollouts came out. And um, I didn't feel comfortable with taking it when my GP suggested it. I said I'd rather wait to speak to the oncologist. So I had my first appointment in the beginning of June, um, the end of May. And uh, I questioned it with her. Uh, she said, I'm telling everybody to take it. You need to take it. You've got immune system cancer. Um, I said, but you know, I'm afraid of going backwards because I had worked with naturopath for 15 months because I had full body rash and so many things going on. Mm -hmm. And I finally got that under control. Um, but it was so bad that I signed up or tried to sign up with MAID in Canada, which is medical assistance in dying. One doctor approved me, one doctor didn't. Um, and oh, bless that doctor that didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Some days I'm telling you. Oh. But, uh, no, I, in all in all fairness, I, I agree. I'm glad I'm still here, and I believe I have a purpose now to speak out and tell my story, and hopefully save another life. But but that I yeah. Sorry to interrupt the the doctor, the oncologist who said, I'm recommending this shot to everybody based on zero knowledge, no clinical trials in anybody with cancer, not mm -hmm. understanding the mRNA platform, not understanding the spike protein. And now we know where it attaches the CD4, you know, everything you needed I know. in order to fight the cancer is what this shot, the spike protein attaches to. And I mean, again, as I, I just said in the beginning <laughs> of the show with Kat, the lack of responsibility, if that doctor had been responsible for the outcome of your immune reaction to that shot, you know, in your whole, he would have cautioned, he would have said, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm cautioning you, if you get it, I don't know the outcome, he would have, right, but to wholeheartedly recommend it is so insane, that lack of responsibility is unforgivable, and we must stop that. So, so you trusted the doctor, though, at the time, or? Well, did he... I did. Um, I questioned it, and she reassured me that I'd be okay. <laughs> um, so I took the vaccine at her advice three weeks apart, June 7th, and then on the 28th, I took my second. First okay. vaccine, I had a bit of numbness and tingling in my upper lip. It resolved quickly, 20 minutes, half hour. So I thought it was just anxiety. 
My second shot, I was fine immediately after, but within two weeks to the day, um, I developed neuropathy, shooting pains in my feet, which eventually within weeks went up the leg, numbness, tingling, um, like paresthesia, and foot drop. I couldn't bend my foot, couldn't flex it, and I started questioning it at that point. Um, but I was still thinking, well, maybe I just injured my feet, you know. Um, then within five weeks after the shot, I noticed my vision had gone from perfect vision to pretty much no vision. And that's when I knew wow. that I'd lost the eyesight in my right eye. Um, my cousin had the identical thing within the same amount of time. Then I had um, developed abdominal pain. Um, I had to carry an EpiPen. I was having anaphylactic reactions to oatmeal, of all things. Um, so then um, it went from that to pericarditis, um, to mottled legs. My legs went all um, vascular looking for anybody that's not really familiar with that. And that's typically, as a nurse, a sign just before somebody dies. Um, shortness of breath, worsened vocal cord paralysis. Mm. I was supposed to have brain surgery um, January of 2022 for a double brain aneurysm. When I went to see the neurosurgeon in Toronto, same hospital, um, oh, I better first tell you before I forget, my oncologist quit her job six months after she pushed the job. Wow. Yes. Wow. That was a huge light bulb for a lot I of I mean, what, oncologists don't go quitting their jobs. Exactly. No, that's a high paying, you, you went to school for a long time to become an oncologist. Oh, it gets even better, Bernadette. The fellow that trained her, that worked with her for who knows how many years, I just received a letter from him. He took over her clients and I confronted him in March, a year ago, March, mm -hmm. with everything I knew and basically told them that they should be standing up for the people mm -hmm. and um, that I don't know how they look in the mirror in the morning. Uh, knowing what they they've done, it'd be one. You know, it's one thing to make a suggestion and to say, you know, you need to take this, but an apology would have gone a long way with me. And she said to me before she resigned, Colleen, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I could have moved on a little easier, but I've had to grieve and be go through the grieving stages mm -hmm. and you know anger and bitterness and and then he quit his job six weeks ago and wow. they both, they both went to work at a university so yeah it's been crazy but um so then after that i mean i have every system my immune system is so bad i'm like God, i've had I peed blood for four months. Oh. Um, yeah, multiple, multiple infections because this is my immune system. Yeah. Um, the cancer I've got, I'm sure, is, I've lost so much weight, muscle mass. Mm. And then come July, now my husband, just to get to my husband's story, in 2021, July, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. They did a resection of the bowel that they, they were pretty sure they got it all. A uh, year later, come July 2022, they were doing a follow-up CT with his cancer markers. They said that his cancer was clear. There was no evidence of cancer, but he had multiple blood clots in his lungs. Within two weeks, 
I get a call from my son at 1, 1.30 in the morning. Mom, I'm having chest pain and I'm at the hospital. The doctor thinks it sends anxiety. Mm-hmm. I said, Connor, do not leave there without a D-dimer and a CT scan because you probably have a blood clot in your lungs. So they ran the test and then sure enough, it came back. My son had a pulmonary embolism. Oh, wow. Oh, it's been so stressful. I'm I, I, I'm cried out, Bernadette. I've cried. Okay, you are. Years. So then that was in July. My husband was cleared of the cancer. And then come December 20th, he got the news that he had colon cancer that had metastasized to the liver and was stage four and also in the lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. So he's on permanent chemotherapy every two weeks. And... That's my life. And and he he got um the shots. Did he get no you you were diagnosed with cancer prior to the shots, but then everything went crazy after. Yes. Did he get cancer before the shots? No, he well, he had cancer in July of 2021. He was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And they did the resection, took out the cancerous piece, thought they got it all. Um so um, I warned him because he had had two shots at that time and I was now awake. Okay. And I said, please okay. do not take the booster. Mm-hmm. There's turbo cancers that are occurring left, right and center from the, the, the booster, especially. Yeah. And um, he and my youngest son thought I was crazy. I needed to go get therapy. And I'm a conspiracy theorist, even though they saw all my injuries. Um he went ahead and got it. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, that you you touch on something that's very has been very difficult in a lot of households. And you know, you're dealing with decades of of marketing that vaccines are safe and effective, and anybody who says otherwise is a crazy anti-science nutter. And that was projected on TV. Um, so even when they see it before their own eyes they they have a hard time believing it so yeah it's it's difficult well colleen thank you so much for for sharing your story i'm going to move on now to scott um scott miller is a physician's assistant in uh washington state um and he's coming at this um not from the injury side but from the brave physician side who saw what was going on decided to stand up and speak truth and um He's been doing his own suffering because of it. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bernadette. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell listeners about your um, your experience. You're a physician's assistant in Washington State. Were you working at a clinic or a hospital, or what was your setting? I had actually quit my job at a clinic uh, in 2017 and started my own pediatric practice, So, okay. um, which was very fortunate come to find out because, um, you know, the, the, what you're talking about as far as just vaccine injury, um, I was the indoctrinated practitioner. I was the one that when parents would say, I think my child has vaccine injury or sensitivity, I wouldn't say this to him, but I, in my head, I'd roll my eyes like, Oh, seriously, like just stop. Right. Like, like, well, we've been doing research. I'm like, tell me about your research. I mean, just, I didn't say it because I'm not, I, I, you know, I try not to be condescending, but I was in my head, um, which 
you know, when I would come to find out, wow, these moms are way smarter than me. They've literally put more time and energy invested into trying to figure out what was hurting their child than in, in an intelligent way than I was at the time. And it's humbling looking back. Yeah. Do you know how much I admire that? The, the, you know, what you have just said right there, where you admitted that you were wrong and that the parents had done the research and you actually hadn't. I so admire your saying that. That's what, you know, that's the mea culpa that we need practitioners. Our, you know, Peter McCullough, Pierre Corey, Dr. Paul Merrick, they have all had the humility to stand up and, and do that. So bravo, you are one of my heroes, as long as, as well as everybody else here, the reluctant hero. Um, so, so was it COVID then that changed your mind? No, um, it was a mom. I was telling a story about our daughter. Uh, we moved up here just a couple days after she turned four and she got her MMR, you know, MMR DTAP, uh, you know, IPV DTAP MMRB. Like at, at one year? At four. At age four. The, like her, the, second, her second set and we got set. up here and she started having night terrors. I mean, 45 plus minutes of these apoplectic fits. It was shocking and she immediately had allergies to just the you know the timothy grass and other things so it you know i'm like you know is it that disrupting you know that high histamine disrupting her sleep etc and it wasn't it was literally a couple years later i was telling a mom this story and she looks at me and she's like well do you think it could have been the vaccines and i was like what no and she just looked at me didn't say a word just looked at me like <laughs> I'm like, no. And she just, I'm like, no. <laughs> Do you think? Literally, I'm like, Do you think? And she's like, well, what else changed? But your drive from California to Washington somehow reset her immune, you know, immune system. Just, you know, shocking disorder. Um, and uh, we took her to four different doctors who, said she's fine, she's fine, she's fine. And the last one blamed my wife for her parenting. Oh, geez. And um, I came home, she was sitting on the floor holding all these documents, you know, with what she was told. Oh, and then she needed to get labs because she was vegetarian. And um, <clears throat> and she was crying and she's like, well, I guess it's me. And I was like, whoa, if it's you, then it's gotta be me. Cause it's like, we're a team and it can't be me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't be the one that's, and I just remember looking at her and I said, um, all right, uh, are you okay if I take over her care? And she's like, please. So I took over her care and spent a lot of time praying. Uh, and it was like a crazy movie, just like mm -hmm. I'd be studying something and this pop up would come on my screen and I'd be like, eh, click, like block it and it'd pop up again, click, pop up again. I'm like, what's going on? I click and it's Dr. Albert Mensa out of Northwestern on, you know, elevated urine pyrroles, which wasn't her issue. But I'm like, what's that? And it took me on this journey of, of my recognition of my complete ignorance on how the body works mm. at a cellular level, at a biological level, at a biochemical, you know, biochemical level. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about, I, like, I know a lot about whatever medicine, but I didn't know how the, the intricacies of how God created us, even though I had studied it the way we were taught it, I just, we breezed over all of these things that we should have been 
deeply and you know microbiology sure but it's like it's the chemistry it's the biochemistry it's the molecular chemistry the genetics and epigenetics these things mm -hmm. that we don't realize are the gut brain connection and and the biome so i've heard from a lot of doctors that you know they were really taught to almost be glorified um pharmacists they were taught look for these symptoms here's the standard of care this is the drug that you prescribe right it, it like you said they a lot of it was glossed over but the idea that you could functionally look at what an individual is experiencing and try to figure out what went wrong to actually help them heal um, and a lot of doctors and i imagine that you're the same way because just the things that you've said is you know the doctors don't cure the doctors guide the individual to help their immune systems cure themselves right to to you have to be that guide you've um so in it go on this well is wonderful <laughs> it's interesting so for me you know my goal is to try to not medicate kids you know it's just like what's going on where they c-session or vaginal delivery where they bottle fed or breastfed you know like why you know it's like why do all these kids I told my wife, I'm rambling, but it's like, why? It's I wanted to Aaron Brockovich, Camus in Washington, Washington. Like, how is it that so many kids have horrific eczema and, and reactive air disease and, you know, asthma and allergic rhinitis and sleep disruption and, and learning difficulties and, you know, mood and emotional, <clears throat> you know, challenge. Yeah. Like, what is happening? And it was, again, one of those those things where I just started, um, we did a, a scan, a spec scan on my daughter's brain and it looked like traumatic brain injury on her. And I'm like, whoa, like this isn't her throwing fits because she's, you know, a naughty child or my wife's a helicopter parent that's coddling her. She, yeah. uh, she, it was, I was stunned. Mm -hmm. The doctor who did it, she was eight at the time and he prescribed her Pax, uh, Zoloft and told us to take parenting classes. So oh, I fired gee. and uh, yeah. yeah, and spent the next three months studying her her scans um, mm -hmm. and trying to fully understand the pathways, and that led me onto a journey where, I mean, I have to throw out uh, Dr. Paul Thomas, who is a hero to me. He's yeah. a, I get emotional. He's he's just um, he's I, yeah, I, I agree. I love that man. He's just. Yeah. <laughs> dinner with him and we were chatting and I'm just like, dude, you are, you are my hero for what you've done and, right. and paving the way for us to have the courage to stand up for, not yes. for kids, but just for, for, for our community, for our state, for our country and having the courage. I, I would always look at him and it's like, what would Paul do? And he'd be like, share it. He would share the truth boldly. Yeah. Um, I, I, he went on his own hero's journey, didn't he? He's still on it. That's, yes, he that's is. Pretty amazing. So, so let's. The thing that was fascinating is if I, it's because of that that when COVID started, my wife was like, "Well, I came across an article out of out of Italy, twenty. It was March fifteenth, twenty twenty. It was in Italian, and it's like one in the morning, and it's like page four of Google. I'm like, oh, I don't know Italian, uh, but it said COVID pneumonia and and melatonin connection. Ah, I was like, what? And it just happened to have a translation. I clicked on it. It was like 38 pages of words I didn't understand. Like, you know, these, you know, fear and cleavage sites, et cetera, et cetera. And I kept scrolling down to when it actually got to ACE2 receptor melatonin. And I studied that. I studied that article for about three weeks. Um, 
And my, I, I was telling my wife about it and she said, well, just like reverse engineer it and then just treat it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know that it's that easy. And right then the whole thing with ivermectin studies in Australia came out and I'm mm-hmm. like, holy cow. And then I had already been treating it unbeknownst to me because it was here in January, February, March. Mm-hmm. And I looked here, I'm like, holy cow, I know how to treat it. Mm-hmm. And they were getting better immediately. And how were you treating it? Uh, it depended on how sick they were. Initially, mm-hmm. it was just vitamin D, C, zinc, NAC. It was like boosting. Supporting their immune system. Supporting the immune system. And then I um, usually it was the parents that were coming in that had been, in, you know, gone to the hospital twice. It's like they're on week two or three of this mm-hmm. horrible cough. I would take a listen to their chest. I'm like, whoa, I do an albuterol treatment, nebulizer treatment. It didn't touch it. I'm like, what's going on? So I would have them do, you know, budesonide. And while they were doing it, I'm doing an exam on their child. And they would tell me, it's like, I can finally, I can fill my lungs again. Because that was one of the things they couldn't, they couldn't get a full breath. And it was mm-hmm. only within minutes, they would say, wow, I can fill my lungs. And one dude had asthma. So I put him on, on queer, you know, like I did the, natural anti-histaminics, but I had him do Montelukast. I had him do hydroxazine, Montelukast, and then budesonide. And he called the next day. And I said, just let me know how you do. And he called the next day and said his symptoms were gone. Wow. What yeah. is happening? So, yeah. And you know, something I'd like to point out, public health has no common sense. If you look up a viral infection, you will see that while you're battling an infection, your body is rapidly using vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc and magnesium and all these nutrients, right? And so the very fact that they poo poo them, when you know, when you go to the hospital, go to the doctor, it's like it's like if you took your car to a mechanic, it's knocking and pinging and you're you're just limping into the mechanic and you know, your gas is on empty, and the oil needs changed, you know, you're just going dry. And they tell you there's nothing we can do for you. You know, you literally need to refuel yourself. So I don't understand how they can, with a straight face, even say they don't believe, you know, in the allopathic standard of care, that these nutrients are absolutely needed. You're depleting them because your immune system needs them. Anyway, that's me on my um, soapbox. So we got just a few more minutes. by the way, my response to that is, well, we just don't have enough evidence. And they always finish this sentence with COVID. I've, I've talked to hundreds. I've, I've advocated for hundreds of families all over the country. And there's only one doctor that I spoke to at a small hospital in Northern California when when the, the son had reached out to me. And I said, well, what what is your mom on in the hospital? And he started saying, saying these things like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, no, 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 not what we want her to be on. Like what she's on, what is she on? He said this. I'm like, no, you don't understand that. Like she can't be on those. It's, I have, I have never talked to anyone in a hospital where these were given. And it was some rogue doctor out of Los Angeles that knew about what Merrick and Corey were doing. Yeah. Treating him. I was like, I called the dude. I'm like, how do you know that? I mean, bravo for you, but no one, I mean, pulmonologists saying that glutathione is has no role, that acetylcysteine has no benefit in fibrotic lung damage. I'm like, you're retarded. Like, right. you're clinically retarded. You know, I like, to, just- I like to tell people I'm a former uh, 
grocery checker, mystery writer kind of person. And if I, in five minutes, can go on PubMed and find the studies that show how vitamin D is necessary for fighting up viral infections, and if I can look up NAC and find what you're saying, I don't know the words off the top of my head like you do, but, you know, I mean, it would have taken them no time at all to go see the history of all of these nutrients and, and various things for all the symptoms being experienced and for them to say there's no evidence for COVID. I mean, show me the evidence for remdesivir, one, one or two fraudulent studies, excuse me. I mean, anyway. Okay. So in, in the few minutes before we go to our break, Scott, um, give us quickly what happened to you though, because your injury isn't physical. It is career financial. Well, everybody here is financial as well, but um, explain to us what happened to you when you were boldly um, speaking out for ivermectin and the, the treatments. Uh, yeah. So I, um, it was really the hospital, it was the advocating for people in hospitals that kind of <laughs> brought the system in full force against me is they made a lot of money off of these patients and we were able to get a lot of them out. And that's it. Anyway. <clears throat> so yeah, I, um, I had an emergency suspension of my license, October 12th of 2021. Um, we, had, we had a bunch of nurses that, that had lost their jobs that were volunteering. And I had just opened a portal for monoclonal antibodies. And so we had also converted it into a monoclonal antibody infusion center. So uh, the way God worked to piece those things together at that specific time was so, it was so amazing because Normally, I would have just been sitting there going, like in this stupor, like, what do I do? They just took my license and we had to, it was just immediate. We just like flipped the switch. I got a friend to, a colleague to, un, you know, sign off so that they were in charge of the nurses and had all these things. And we just charged right on through. And by we, not me, I had nothing to do with any. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah. And so they started attacking. So they were, you know, I had over a hundred complaints on me and then it was like, Oh, by the and, way, why and the complaints it? were not from any patient. The complaints came oh. from where to the uh, Washington medical board, ICU doctors, uh, pharmacists. I mean, the pharmacists hated me. Um, they, they had, I don't know, eight, 60, 70, 80 plus complaints by pharmacists that they thought they were concerned that I was treating COVID with, you know, unproven medications when I was practicing below the standard of care, uh, people that would read articles about me. Um, mm -hmm. it would, didn't like what the person had written. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it, that was fascinating. Um, and and then, then they came out with the nurses. Yeah. So, we know all this. Um, uh, we know this was all driven, uh, you know, coming from so many different places, uh, from the FDA, the corporate controlled FDA, and from that one federation of medical federation of state medical boards. There you go. Just all of these people, not doctors, you know, working on behest of the pharmaceutical industry, um, planting um, all this uh, information in that whole network of um, the pharmacies. And, you know, I had had a prescription for my naturopath, just a prophylactic prescription for ivermectin out in Washington state when I was living there um, for, I don't know, I don't remember how many times we got filled. And then one time I went through the drive-through and the person was, the, was very, very nervous. And they're like, what are you using this for? And I looked at it and I said, why? 
well, I just need to know what, what this prescription was for. And I said, you know, I'm almost 60 years old and in my entire life, I've never been grilled by a pharmacist to ask what I'm taking this for. Oh, we got one minute to go. Um, I ended up just telling, telling them it's for bugs. Well, a virus is a bug. Um, and and they filled it, but then never again. And then we left the state. But um, it's just it's just crazy. So when we come back, we're going to we're going to take a break here um, in just a few seconds and then we're going to go into the next phase. So but Scott, I'm going to start with you when we come back so that we can finish up because I want to know how this has impacted you, because I know people are going to want to support you. And then um, we're going to talk about the great things you guys have done, the organizations that you founded, the lawsuits that you're filing, and you're going to give uh, people hope and we're going to send them to you all. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. You're listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a Hello and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and TV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. Before we get back to our guests, I want to remind people that upcoming in November in Savannah, Georgia, is the second conference for Children's Health Defense, the second annual conference, and it's titled Rise and Resist. 
And why I want to bring it up now is because exactly what we're experiencing right now on this show, we are going through some crazy times, people. And a lot of people are hurting. They've experienced losses across the board, all aspects of their lives. And yet through it all, when we find each other, when we come together um, and we feel understood and we feel supported, um, that's when, I mean, sort of like the magic happens. You you realize life's worth living. I might, I might feel, I mean, it might be a struggle to get out of bed every day. I might be on the verge of losing my house. I think a couple of people here are on the verge of losing their house. But when you feel a sense of community and a sense of purpose, because by gum, we're going to stop this from ever happening again, that is empowering and it's wonderful. And that's what's going to happen in Savannah, Georgia in, in November. Um, if you've never been to a big conference like this, especially one on a topic that hits people so personally, you might not understand what you're about to experience. But I tell you, when you get there and you meet people, I mean, you're hugging perfect strangers because you you bond like you wouldn't believe with people who really understand the big picture of what's going on. So I encourage you, if you can, um, sign up, register, go to the conference, go check it out, um, uh, see who's am amazing speakers are going to be there. There's going to be fantastic presentations. Day one is going to be problem. Day two is all solutions. So you're going to leave there feeling so empowered um, and not alone and have brand new uh, friendships forged in this time. Um, and so uh, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and bring on again, let's, let's bring Scott um, back onto the show because Scott, I want you to tell us, so as you entered COVID, you said in the last hour, you were sort of already prepared for what was going on. Um, you were a little bit, had woken up a bit and already saw um, how to treat, you, you just had this great mindset. And then the Washington Licensing Board, the Medical Board, went after you as they went after so many heroes, <clears throat> took your license away. But and as much as you said your practice, you shifted over for other people to be in charge. I'm being told that what you're not telling me here, sir, is, you, you know, your family's struggling and we want to help you. So I want you to tell us a little bit, if you don't mind sharing, so we can figure out as you've supported your patients and, and the injured, what can we do to support you, sir? <clears throat> I think I made him a little emotional. So let's, let's give him a moment here, <laughs> Dr. Miller. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's comical because anytime, and, and it got to a point where we would just have a disclaimer because it's like, you know, like, Dr. Thomas calls me doctor. You know, he's, he's like, we, he asked me, will you be my doctor? And I was like, I just have to tell you, I'm an unlicensed PA. So whatever that means, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I just had, you know, Shelly, my wife has been, uh, she was a labor and delivery nurse for 23 years. Um, ended up taking on some of the most, some of the sickest, most complicated COVID patients that had been neglected by 
the hospital sent home to die. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they've been amazing. Um, her support and just our, you know, I've got a, my son turned 12 today and I've got a 13 year old daughter and, oh. you know, they've, you know, they've put up with Shelly having go bags to escape, you know, death threats, shooting holes through windows in our office, you know, our staff mixing their schedule up. So not everybody was there at the same time. What, what, wait, what, what was the attack on you from people? What? That's insane. Wow. I <laughs> listen. Wow. That was, that was, I didn't think anything. I was like, yeah, you know, I remember when my office manager called and she's like, yeah, somebody shot through our window. And it's like, well, they got to have something better to do than you know, <laughs> through my office for crying out loud. Like, let's get them a hobby. But, um, so, and they're, they're thinking that they don't like the way your approach to medicine, thinking that you're harming people. So they decide to harm you. I think right. the bigger thing is they, they, there's a desperate need to shut people up that are mm -hmm. disrupting the, the narrative, disrupting the narrative. You know, it's like, I remember, I think it was, it was the assistant attorney general at one point I was reading, I it's because of all of the ways that they were attacking me. They said I was, connected with proud boys and prayer warriors. This is from like peace health in, mm -hmm. in Vancouver. I'm reading these internal memos where they were going to get the FBI involved in local authorities. And I'm like, I'm just a dude in Washougal, like taking care of kids during the day and sick people at night. Yeah. And if somebody reached out and they had a loved one in the hospital, I did whatever I could to make sure we got them home. Mm -hmm. Usually without the hospital you know, just, just trying to make sure that there's like whatever it takes to preserve the sanctity of life. Right. Yeah. Just, just whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And I think I did it in a way that I would say it's like, th there was no me. It's like, it was like, God's like, okay, here's, this is, this is what you do. It was, it was so complex and so insane that, you know, you know, everything yeah. Hour 72 or 73 without closing my eyes. I'd been on the phone straight. I had a backpack with chargers and a couple phones. And I'd switch things around. It was, it was, but, um, but you're, but through it all, you, you're not getting a regular income and you, and, oh, and yeah. not able to make ends meet. You're doing all this, you and your, your beautiful wife. Um, you're doing what you can, you know, to keep food on the table, but, um, I'm told that there there's a possibility that you're going to lose your home and we don't want that to happen. There is a GoFundMe or not a GoFundMe. They're not a good organization. A give, send, go, give, send, go. And it's reinstate Scott Miller. Let me make sure I'm saying how it is. Um, yeah. yeah. It's reinstate Scott Miller. It's a, a give, send, go account. So, you know, if, if we get a few, you know, many people just given a little bit, maybe we can help take you over what you, you know, take you just to where you need to be able to get you um, up to speed. And so you don't, you don't lose your home that that can't happen. We, we got to try to save our heroes. And I know everybody out there is hurting to some degree, but let, let's kind of spread the word and we, you don't have too many days here. So let's yeah. get it going. Can I say something on that? Too? Yes, yes. Um, one of the biggest challenges <clears throat> I have is in 
whether it's long COVID where people have lost their jobs or vaccine injured where they've lost their jobs. They've been, as they've talked about, gaslit. Um, the, I think that there are therapies that there are. I, I've watched it happen, um, but oftentimes the people don't have the resources. No. I think that's like right. for, for Colleen, Danielle, Kat, um, mm-hmm. what they've done to like to take the slings and arrows for speaking out about yeah. vaccine injury. And because it's, listen, I, I got in holy hot water for, I mean, writing vaccine exemptions and you know, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. like, I spoke out about it quite a bit. And that was one thing I, Dr. Mer- Lee Merritt said to me, she's like, here's the thing, just if nothing else, or no, She's like, just don't talk about the vaccines. I'm like, mm, too late. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like coming from a pediatric side. I mean, I'm like, that's the hill I will die on for kids to not have this poison put in them. Yeah. Like, but what these women have done. Um, and I'm going to bring on, um, I'm going to bring everybody on at this time. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to be doing like a um, Hollywood squares here. I want everybody to see, because <laughs> Scott, you're moving us exactly where I wanted to go next. And that will be kind of talking about what y'all have done um, as you're, you're individually fighting for your own lives you're all struggling to make ends meet. And, um, and I believe that there are, I think give send goes for, for all of you and much needed. And I'm going to see if I can, you know, pull some of these others up as well. And then I want to let listeners know though, that we will provide informed choice Washington. That is the primary sponsor of this show, the nonprofit Um, next week when our Substack comes out, they always, we give links to what we talk about on the show and we're all of your fun. We're going to make sure there's a link there. So the substack for informedchoicewa.org, um, people will be able to find it if they miss your link here today. But um, so, so yeah, let's go ahead. Um, Scott, thank you for that kind of segue into what these gals have done. Let, let's start with Kat um, and, and see, yeah, what's going on? You've got the former feds group. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about that. Um, well, as far as former feds, uh, former feds group, I met actually Scott on um, a uh, video session one night, the Monday night meeting, and um, I was in there talking about my conditions, my very lengthy amount of conditions, and um, I could hear him in the background going, oh my God, I need to talk to her. I need to figure this out. Why are you going through this? Oh my God. And... Um, when we finally got in touch with each other, we spoke for seven and a half hours on the phone. <laughs> wow. Seven and a half She's hours. She's got a lot wrong, so. No. <laughs> exactly, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I also found out that not only has Scott given, not only his, his knowledge and his his strength and faith and and so unconditionally to people to a point. We've got more tears. So when you hear silence, we got some tears right there. These are tears of, of, of joy, of, of appreciation for another Some of them are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Scott, people like Scott and Dr. Bain and others like that have 
only been the ones to give me hope. Yeah. Um, and as they protect us, we want to protect them as well. And for them to come after Scott and these other doctors and take their license, take their financial stability, slander and smear their names to a point where these families cannot, they can't be families and live and, and do like everyone should be able to. And we have fought to not only protect ourselves, but to protect them. And Scott holds a very special place in our hearts. Um, he's a pain in the butt, <laughs> but he, is, he holds a very special place in our heart. But um, tonight is the last night and him and lose their home tonight. And we have been fighting to get funds in to help them because they've been living in tents in the back of their yard for 18 months because they can't afford to remediate the mold in the home. Okay. So the state of Washington has taken everything away from this family and we mm -hmm. want to give back any way we can. Mm -hmm. It's not fair no. how they fight for us and nobody is willing to fight for them. And our group does, we fight every day it's like the sick helping the sick mm -hmm. and the protectors helping us and we help the protectors. We don't ask for much in our group. We just ask to be heard and to heal and just to be treated with respect and mm -hmm. dignity like anyone else yeah. in the world. And yeah. for, for these mm -hmm. hospitals to come after not only people that are in there and that have died of hospital protocol deaths or to be gaslit, but they go and they attack these physicians and doctors and PAs and nurses because they speak the truth. Yeah. Because and they've taken the money out of their pockets. The almighty dollar has ruled the world. It it's has. not about health and being happy and living. It's about money and death and how much money can you bank off of people. And that's, you know, why I'm so proud of all of you here, all of you um, on a hero's journey. You went through this experience. You could just be sitting quietly in a corner feeling sorry for yourselves, but by gum, you're getting up every day. We do that sometimes. Yes, well, we <laughs> you know, we all deserve to have that day once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you found each other. So you've got somebody who gets it when you need to vent, you know, so there we are. And so um, and then so you were active with the former feds group. And then Danielle, there's another group, Operation. Um, Truth. Uh, truth that you're with and this is something did this emerge or did it exist uh, before could you tell us a little bit about that um, let me start by um, saying that I wish for my gifts and go not published but okay. I want anything that anybody would offer to me to go to Scott. Um, no, oh. 
And <laughs> oh. I think she just means right now, not forever, yes. but just right now in the show. Yes. I think we sort of decided that we're going to support you, Mr. Miller, Dr. Miller. So we're, we're all going through such a financial <laughs> struggle right now, but because this family means so much, I mean, yeah. we're talking about a husband and a wife and two children. This and even a rooster out there a rooster. is living in the backyard <laughs> and they need a break. This is not fair. This is not yeah. right. It's not moral. It's not ethical to do this to anyone, yeah. especially this man who has busted his hump to help people. I, he's been on the support group with us so long, helping people for 13 hours and he's punch drunk by the end of the night because he still wants to be there to help. Yeah. We, and I know where Danielle's coming from. I know exactly what she's thinking and what she's saying. We are all in need assistance, but the whole point in, in having the support is to lift the people up in the moment that need the support the most at that time. So yes, in, in the context of this show and know what is going on, I want to ensure that he gets that financial support because when we give we are in God's favor and will be supported. So it's important to have him supported so he can keep giving. Because without um, people uh, like uh, him, I mean, Dr. Bain, Keith, Coley, all of those people do it. Yeah. They care. And so we need to highlight that. Um, Operation Truth was an organization that I actually was introduced to through a cat. Um, she's a part of that, Sarah uh, Boyd. Um, the founder it's a bipartisan group that uh, focuses on the injured um, veterans um, in our uh, society uh, that need help but it also focuses on the civilians too okay. uh, the goal being to give uh, a voice to the voiceless so it, it is in line with uh, what we are are doing mm -hmm. um, we have organized uh, 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 or organizing a rally in Washington DC um, it will be on September September the twenty um, ninth. Okay, uh, it's a, a Friday, and it uh, we hope to bring together uh, all the different voices that have been affected in the past and in the present because of uh, losing. 
um, our, our voices and being injured or affected by protocols or, or anything to that nature. That is what we want to accomplish with it. That's wonderful. Where can f- people find? I was just looking at your at the website. Is um, right? I, is it on? I don't see it yet, though. We we just have um, the save the date. Uh, we wanted okay. to be sure that we got the permit approval and okay. stuff. So um, that is going in our direction. Um, So we should have the rest of the information out within the next um, week. And once we um, get that established, we'll have links and that sort of thing. We'll be happy to send that over to you. Um, But right now, the main thing is is the save the date. Save the Um, date. September 29th, you said? So, and it's operationtruth.net. It's going to be a rally in Washington, D.C. The plan is to start around um, 1 p.m. Okay. Um, we'll have a, a march um, or a walk or a, a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> on what you're in. Um, we'll be stopping at um, the... Cap- health and Cap- capital, the capital, but the department of uh, 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 veterans affairs, health and um, health, health and human, human services, services. HHS. Okay. Yes, no, we're being there, um, and we have a couple different stopping points, and um, then we'll have um, some speakers and and such uh, at the uh, capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on interest, then um, we may follow that up with uh, a dinner. So we just are kind of gauging things um, mm-hmm. right now. The for sure we have mm-hmm. the rally in the, the march. That's wonderful. It is so important that we do not be silent. You know, we need to be noisy politely, peacefully, um, legally, or like I'm, I wanted to say not legally, but with litigation, um, all of the tools of, of that this great republic of ours has. We need to figure out how to use them, utilize them, and get loud so, you know, this, we keep moving forward. Um, I want to um, go now to Colleen. Now, Colleen, is, is um, Scott Miller, is... Uh, have has he helped you as well you're up in canada so i don't know if you two have met well we kind of have and we started to but given the circumstances um that scott's in i think that's just been put on hold for a bit okay Um, but he's he's a wonderful advocate he's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant and we all just want him to get help and yeah. get out of the situation because I can tell you, once he's out of this situation financially, mm-hmm. he will help every single person that yeah. comes to him. Yeah, that's the kind of person he is. So, well, yeah. so, I, so Colleen, I did that through Messenger. I after I saw, so sometimes I have other people manage the onslaught of 
incoming things. And then Kat reached out and she's like, hey, jerk, what just happened with Colleen? <laughs> I did not. I, I just said, like, I was like rocking Hello? back and forth. I'm like, oh my Lord, I would never say that to somebody um, because I don't, I don't. And so I don't, it sounds as if connections are going to be made after the show. Okay. The point is, I sent I sent you something right oh. after that. So I I add, I sent you that message. I'm like, have you received the package of stuff? Because um, it's there's some cool stuff in there. Yeah. No, I did. I didn't see a message, so I'll have to. Yeah, probably yeah. probably life wave patches or some of the stuff coming oh, in, which I it's different. I mean, there's that too. I mean, where by those things, yeah, you guys, but, but the okay. are amazing and stuff like that. Where you know, when you when when I see some of these things, what transverse my life, Parkinson type of things, what happens is we're you know, we just use these words, and it's like, what does it mean? Like, when when we we you have this diagnosis so i can't diagnosis and i can't treat and it's like you mean with with a with a fluoroquinolone that's fluoridated and destroys the nervous system like you mean cipro really mm -hmm. good i don't want to treat with that i'm glad that i can't do that but there are other things if we know the underlying mechanisms of you know i don't care what what it is if, if we understand how these things attack the system if we understand the terrain that we need our biome and 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 i mean good lord dandelion dandelion leaves it's so crazy like star anise i mean there's just too popped in my head but this whole list you know like the yeah God made the, the earth is a cornucopia that we have we really need to get better at stop poisoning the cornucopia and start utilizing it um so colleen in canada up there what are you finding what are you involved with i mean i love that you found these people here are there things that um you feel like there are groups that are making some um or attempting to make the progress uh, the way these others are what's going on yeah, so we we have what's called the National Citizens Inquiry. Um, they're on Twitter as well as um, you can just go to their website, which is nationalcitizensinquiry.ca. Okay. And um, so I testified with that, um, and I believe they're starting over now. And rather than traveling from one side of the country to the other, interviewing expert witnesses, and injured people it's amazing okay um, i'm actually their cover picture um which i didn't know for the longest time and i was like hey. <laughs> yeah but they're wonderful and um like just last week i was uh pardon me this week monday um i went and did we i participated in speaking out at a rally in a, a town about an hour from me Mm -hmm. in, front of, in front of the health unit um, and uh, handing out just flyers for the National Citizens Inquiry, making sure that um, I speak at every possible engagement I can, you know, manage. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, and I belong to Silent Survivors on Facebook. Okay. Um, so I'm involved with that group. Uh, whenever they need me to come and speak, I speak. Mm -hmm. We so, have to save the children. 
Yeah, tell me a little bit more about this National Citizens Inquiry. It looks really interesting. I see that there are hearings. Um, so is it, people come together so they can tell their stories. Does it get recorded? Is it, and then it's, it's leading to um, citizen activism, it sounds like, in order to try to propel change. Yep, that's exactly it. They're, they're making sure that um, expert witnesses such as pathologists, doctors, um, like we've got some Canadian doctors, um, and I believe, um, well, Dr. Shoemaker um, and um, Dr. Trozzi, there's, uh, you name it, police officers, paramedics, nurses, um, uh, embalmers, you name it, they have it. People from the military mm. that are speaking out about what they've experienced, um, the types of traumas that people have experienced, mm -hmm. how COVID, uh, like the paramedic um, that I'm now friends with, she's a beautiful person. Mm. She spoke about how in Toronto, they were saying that the hospitals were just jam-packed with people, and yet, she said we would sit in the station and eat popcorn and watch movies. It was a lie. Mm -hmm. And then if they went to a death that was a trauma, for example, they would just put it down as COVID. Yeah. And she literally says in her testimony that they had a person that committed suicide that jumped seven floors, I believe it was. And she said, so how did they test him for COVID? Like, Literally, like, did oh you no, know? yes, yeah, so wow. There was a lot of, a lot of amazing testimonies. It's twenty-eight days, I believe, of straight testimonies all day. Wow, and 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 this is ongoing. It's they kind of like take take it on the road now, and well, it was costing them a lot of money, and it's 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 the funds are raised by the citizens. It's okay. funded by the citizens. So mm -hmm. now what they've done is they've gone from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, and uh, now they're, they're starting over. But what they're mm -hmm. doing is to cut the expenses, they're doing it in live podcasts like video. Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Zoom, Zoom meetings, I believe it is. Now, I'm not as familiar with Canada as I am the U.S., and I know there's different provinces up there. Is there any province that you feel like here we've got, I'm in Tennessee, and we feel like we're so much more free, and legislatures are much more reasonable and willing to listen. Um, are there places in Canada where you feel like you're being heard within the local government where things are, change might happen? Or Well, it's looking like Alberta is has got some pretty good politicians there that are standing up and they're actually looking at trying to separate from Canada because they don't like what's going on. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you, if I was in the position to move out of the province, I would go to. Okay. Um, however, I think Canada-wide, nobody's listening. We've all been gaslit. Um, very few people are getting the test results. Um, to get actual diagnoses. Mm -hmm. um, they have a vaccine injury program, which is a complete joke because if you, um, for one, you can't get a doctor to fill out a, an injury report um, unless, you know, it happened within an hour after having your vaccine, maybe, but none of us can get the report. 
and so we're allowed to file them for ourselves. So I, I boldly attempted to, um, and within two weeks, I called and told that all of my issues, which are a, a, a listful, were all existing. And I said, well, that's exactly what I thought you would say. I just wanted to have a paper trail, so thank you, you know, but wow. it's terrible. Yeah, well, I'm so sorry for that. But, you know, I, I'm such a Pollyanna, but I really do believe that truth is going to win. Um, I think about just like maybe even a year ago when lawsuits were not being won and different things were happening. And, and it was really tempting, I think, for people to just quit fighting. But then here and there, you'd hear somebody won a lawsuit. Somebody overturned a mandate. Somebody got compensated for lost wages. And then this 4th of July that brilliant decision coming out of the Missouri v. Biden about censorship. And then this past week when that, that um, uh, case is going forward, some of the quotes from these judges are phenomenal. And you realize that we're just figuring out how to reclaim our human rights wherever we live. And it, it's thanks to the tenacity of, you know, the bold and the few who inspire others because our side is only growing. Their side is only shrinking. I, I don't know anybody who says, who went from not trusting the CDC, who knew the shots were dangerous to deciding that, oh, goodness, I love the CDC and I just trust, you know, no, it never, and they know that. Um, but by example, by your bravery, by doc, can I call you doctor, your uh, physician's assistant? Uh, what, what's your official title there, Mr. Miller? <laughs> Do I call you doctor? I'm not hearing you. Maybe he's not hearing Mr. us. Mr. Miller is Mr. Miller, okay. Um, I want to call yeah. him doctor, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, by that bravery and, and just withstanding the slings and arrows, um, you know, this is what it takes. And, and, and everything we're experiencing has been fear driven. And yeah. So even before the lawsuits, anything being won, to me, watching, it's like, I looked at it, it's like God is taking the scale off of people's eyes. Yes. Because to even get to the point of lawsuits, because I look at 2020 where where my head, it's like my brain was on fire. Like what is happening to to our, our country? And then because of this onslaught, the virus, there's the bioweapon. And I consider the virus was our media in, infecting people with fear. I mean, yes. it's constant mm -hmm. infection of fear as a bioweapon is being released. Mm -hmm. And you know, it took, it was like this kind of groundswell that even got to the point to where there was enough courage to bring lawsuits, but the mm -hmm. fact that we could get there with everything, and not me, I didn't do that, but but these people that had the courage to bring these lawsuits, mm -hmm. like, that's what's incredible. Is yeah. they, they're round one, they actually lost. I mean, there's a lot of there's a, a lot of carnage in their wake. Yeah. But I consider this they were they were really close. I mean, it was a timing thing. Had they waited a little longer, maybe three months before they rolled it out to get maximum fear, I think they could have they could have hurt so many more people. Um, so I look at that as God's timing, not allowing yeah. that to happen. But I, there's a lot to be to be. Yeah, I, I I like to yeah, and I like to think you know because 
prior to COVID, all everything was in place. They had everything in place, like so much. They had captured the media. You know, the pharmaceutical industry is is the tool of the globalists. Let's. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and everything was was really in place um, before it hit. But then um, everything got cranked up so fast. It all became visible. Um, and I had a point and now I'm not talking my way to it. I absolutely lost it. That's okay. The show, I should not be blabbing so much. Um, I want to move on to all of you. So um, we have got, you know, like uh, just under 20 minutes right now. So what I'm going to go around the loop again, one more time. And if you, each of it, you could just take a couple of minutes and I want, I want to hear from you, like what's the most important thing that you would like the viewers and listeners right now to know like let's let's give them an action item something they can take with them go out into their own world and share or do cat let's start with you oh gosh um you know i always hear people say well i i, I don't know of anyone who's vaccine injured and i say of course the two to that because <laughs> i can't say what i want to say yeah <laughs> Um, I call it the God thing, call it what you want. My faith is very strong. And since I've been sick, uh, for the last uh, six to nine months, everywhere I go, I wind up in a place I need to be. Scott and Danielle have seen this multiple times. Um, I think Colleen has been one of the people that have been, the recipient of that part, which is, I don't mean to go to this route over here. Like we um, went to somewhere and parked for a sunset or sunrise. And normally I was on this way and this person was saying, go this way. And I said, no, I want to go that way. And they're like, no, go that way. So I go and park at the end of the parking lot. They're like, no, don't park down there. Come back up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere, we're going to get a photo. Well, sunset comes up, or sunrise comes up. I go to take pictures of a bird. The birds fly off. I'm like, well, that gummit. I'm not getting anything here. Turn around. There's a gentleman standing there. And he goes, oh, nice camera. And I said, well, thank you. He goes, you know, you can make a lot of money down here, you know, taking photos of people. And I just simply say, well, I, I just can't do that anymore because I don't have that. I don't have it in me. I'm just too sick for it. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, what's wrong? And I said to him, what was wrong with me? And uh, I just, it, this happens so often and people just think, oh, God, well, you're crazy. But I turned around and looked at him. I said, something tells me that you're vaccine injured. I don't know what it is, but are you having this, 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 and this? And he goes, oh, my God, yes. How I do just you know? And I, said, I don't know. <laughs> He goes, I've been trying to figure out what's been wrong with me for the last year. He goes, um, I said, are you always so exhausted and you feel like you can't get up and go and you've got electricity running through your body and this and this. And he's like, holy beep. He goes, I usually do not park right here. I park at the other end. He says, and I was getting ready to back out and then something told me to pull back in and you were standing there. Wow. Now, mind you, this has happened earlier that evening, mm -hmm. that night before, and five times earlier in the week. 
and it keeps happening over and over again. And I don't know if it's just the sheer number of people that are vaccine injured or if God is just pulling us in certain places that we need yeah. to be to be able to help people. Because the reason why I created the support group was to make sure people got help. Well, I got to tell you, Kat, you're, I, I believe you absolutely. I got the chills. I've, I, most of us that so many people I've talked to, I've had this experience over and over again. When you kind of begin to trust that little voice inside of you, even at these strange moments that said park here, not there, amazing connections happen. And, you know, that's us getting back to really connecting with humanity, with the planet, with God, however you want to describe it. Um, one My thing mom I've, told us when yeah. we were kids, we were anointed children. Oh. We were anointed by God. And yeah. um, somebody else, I believe, is also anointed. I think there's a couple of other people that I know. But I saw an angel when I was mm -hmm. seven. And I've wow. seen Jesus when I was baptized. And somebody else also has seen that. And I think that God has really, even as sick as we are, God is working through us every day. The devil's trying his hardest, but God is working harder. Yeah. And I and I just know that when I call on somebody or I message somebody, mm -hmm. there's a reason for it. Yeah. And I always find out later what it is. But it, listen to that. His listen will. To, mm -hmm. But that's all we can do right now is make sure that we take care of others and help them yeah. because. If we don't, nobody else is going to do it. And I've seen people so sick. I see people dying. I see people gaslit and no help at all. When have we become to a point in our lives that we ignore our loved ones and our friends and believe people we don't even know, the yeah. media, the, the government, mm -hmm. and we forget about all the other bad things they've always done. But mm -hmm. at that moment, we all, all of a sudden, the COVID shot is the best things that's life spread, and we have to believe it. What happened to that love and that, and that connection and that faith that we have in the people that we love and care for? Mm -hmm. Where did that go? No, I, I think it was lost, but I, it's being found. And, and Danielle, um, tell us maybe a little bit. And um, I just want to ask that there were some photos that were sent. Um, were those relating to Colleen? Um, uh, yes, there was. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to get Danny's over right now. Hers, okay. Hers I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure with it. You know, we're running low on time. I'm afraid we're not going to get to those photos. I do That's appreciate okay. you supplying That's them, okay. but we can put them in that Substack post so people can really see some of these things um, that you've had to deal with. So Danielle, um, what about you? Um, uh, a couple of things. I, I, my biggest action item is to go to Scott's gifts and go and lift him up. Amen. That's the first thing that I can ask. Um, I have an active trial, um, that will be appearing in front of a jury of my peers in okay. January of 2024. Um, I was uh, the the first in Ohio and, and one of the first that I know of that um, was uh, brought a case under <laughs> workers' compensation against mm -hmm. my former employer, Ohio's Hospice, um, for a vaccine injury and long COVID. Um, 
I lost in the workers' compensation court, but we won in the manner that we proved that you can bring a case against your employer. So I urge anybody who has been affected in either one of those ways to apply in workers' comp. Um, we appealed and we won um, the ability and the right to bring my case to the civil court and to be heard in front of a jury of our peers to hear my case and decide if I should win the ability to participate in the workers' compensation program. Oh. Nothing that... We, when we'll ever monetarily support us for the rest of my life, because mm -hmm. I'm permanently disabled, there's mm -hmm. caps on it, but the ability to open up that door and to be um, one of those first cases that yeah. bring other people Oh, yeah, our main focus. That is so fantastic, Danielle. M many prayers to you for that in your success, leading the way. Again, another case of persistence and not giving up. And look at, I mean, everything people have learned. I so admire you all. So Colleen, um, just in a few minutes here, do you have some last words um, that you want to leave people with? Yeah, first of all, I'd like to second what Danielle's saying with Scott. Anybody that's going to donate to me, I'd rather it go to him. Yeah, um, we can all use it, but he's at a crisis. Um, the second thing I'd like to say is that vaxxed or unvaxxed, we need to come together. We need to keep sharing what, what we're learning, share what's going on, and try and make sure that we do it in a loving way where we're not pushing people or making them feel that they putting them in a position that they don't want to respond to. Mm -hmm. I think a gentle approach will get further <laughs> everywhere I go. I do try to spark up conversations lightly, but slowly lead into yeah. what my, my story and my family story is because I'm a nurse. I have no reason to lie. I vaccinated, you know, thousands of people over my career. I took them all, and uh, I have no reason to, to say anything against a vaccine unless there's truth behind it. So that's... Yeah. I, I, I thank you so much for that. I'm so glad you brought up just, you know, kind of do everything with love, with yeah. grace. Uh, you know, try to meet people on the road where they are, gently lead them further if they're willing but you know no matter what i mean i've got i've got just a few friends that i disagree with who didn't completely walk away we have struggled to find that that place where we can maintain that friendship and that humanity with each other you know and i'm hoping that will lead it back and um so thank you for that and i i so admire that most people in this whole medical freedom movement, especially the most injured, have got to have the biggest hearts 
And, you know, we're going to win this through love and peace and caring and persistence <laughs> and, and some funding here. So, hey, so Scott, I'm going to give you the final words here. So, you know, honestly, when we set this up, it was very organic talking with Kat saying, let's get Danielle, let's bring on Colleen and you, oh, you got to talk to Scott Miller. And I knew about you. I had no idea it was going to turn into this, but I'm so glad that it did, sir. And I hope that whatever comes in is able to help you, um, you know, uh, get back on your feet and your family um, to get through this crisis. So uh, um, I, I don't know, as I kind of leave you hanging there. <laughs> no, you know, I, I watched, I watched fear just, just descend upon my community, upon my country. And it was an odd thing because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Um, I, I was angry. <laughs> like, I'm like, what is happening? I was like, God, what is happening? I called my brother who's an ENT surgeon. I'm like, dude, what is going on? He's like, it's all crap. Is it's all political? And just him like affirming that. That was March 12th of 20. It was my birthday, March 12th, 2020. And I watched fear envelop everyone. And we we weren't created to live in fear. Mm-mm right? Like fear of judgment. It's people like, oh, the masks don't work, but they wore it because they were afraid of what somebody might say. And like, stop doing that. I would write prescriptions on triplicate. And I would say this for moms, take your child to the park. Like this is like June, July of 2020. Like, but what if the cops come? I'm like, here's my cell. Call me. I will drive over there. I mean, like they're there, but it's the park's closed. I'm like, how is it closed? There's no gate around. It's like tape. Step over the tape. And go with your friends and go and I, like an hour later, I get a picture of four kids holding hands, walking in the park. And I'm just like, oh, like, <laughs> I so, love that. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And she, but they needed, we needed to get rid of the fear, get rid of the fear of ridicule, the fear of just in general, the fear of the unknown, the fear of like, what, what is going on? You know, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or I have fear of no evil. It's like, we weren't asked to put roots down in that valley of shadow of death. We were just told, walk through it, walk mm-hmm. through it because there is light on the other side. I absolutely believe that. Like, like I, I existed in a state of almost childlike hope. It's almost yeah. weird. It's like, how do you have hope? I'm like, the opposite is so devastating that. Yeah. And then the other thing is I watched it happen. It's like, I, it's like, I got to personally live in biblical times because I can, what, what I witnessed happen was it was impossible. It, it, it was humanly impossible. It was like, not just because I'm not that smart. I'm not. Just, <laughs> no, he really is smart. He really but I is. watched God move mountains. Makes my brain hurt. I, I would make a phone call and it's like the dude that's in the process of dying on his floor just happened to it. Cause I was like, I, I don't care if you, find an asthmatic and steal their nebulizer machine from them. I don't care. Get it and get it to them as fast as possible. Their next door neighbor had it with Budesonite. And what? it was serious. Yeah. And it was like, boom. Yeah. Like, you're calling 911. I'm like, no. And thank God they didn't have a pulse ox because he would have been sitting in the high 60s, low 70s. Like he was, and it's like, I just, and I was sitting in a boat in the middle of the Rogue River in Southern Oregon because it's the only place I had service. When <laughs> it was my daughter and fishing, 
and I'm sitting there and it's like, the, the Lord is just, this is like, we know he's good, but this, I mean, th- that was an understatement, but that's why it's, we just have to, we have to get rid of the fear and have Scott, Yeah, Scott, when they make the movie about you, we got to have the scene with you in the middle of this river in a boat trying to get cell service to save somebody's life. You know, I mean, I, I love the, the visuals of that. And as long getting, as the rooster is in there, too. We've got to have the rooster. That The rooster has to be in there. And, <laughs> and that's another segment. I have a recording of Jimmy sitting on top of my head <laughs> before we knew he was a boy making these clucking sounds while I'm talking to a woman in in Reno. And she's like, what's that sound? I'm like, oh, that's our house chicken. She's like, I don't understand. It's fine. (laughs) Just let it go. (laughs) Oh, you guys, we're like down to the last minute. This has been such a great two hours spent, I feel like, with friends, with great people, with my heroes. And I know your everyday lives are tough, but, you know, keep those capes on, people. Keep uh, talking to each other, reaching out. Your great organizations. Keep contacting me, um, and I'll do what I can to help uh, spread the word. Um, uh, let's see. Last few seconds here. You know the timing. Sometimes when you're on the radio, it's a little. There's help tricky. for everyone. <laughs> There's help. There is resources. There yeah. is support. Don't hesitate to reach out to any yeah, one of us. Don't give up. We That's are a, always online answering. And, div, and and one last time, it's givesendgo.com backslash reinstate Scott Miller. Let's go help out this man who has done so much for uh, so many people. You've been listening to an Inform Life radio on 1150 AM, KKNW, and CHD TV. God bless. Many prayers. Stay strong, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Hi, I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PJI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PJI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit pji.org. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.